for sure you gon' need three promoters. I got the body from Jamelis, but I had switched the motor. I got these bats. All right, what's up, man? We are back in the break room, episode 33. 33, Spanish. You got the French for us? 33. Yeah, so trilingual, man. We are back with episode 33, man. Thank you for rocking with us, man. You're here in the break room with me, Charles Carter III, right in front of me. My boy, Evan Schumard, man. So, Evan, bro. So, we were just talking about last week. Last week was a tough week for me. I was just letting you know. Uh, I had some food poisoning that was terrible. Um, Down bad. Stomach was cramping. Uh, had the the runs. I couldn't sleep. Um, oh, you couldn't even sleep, bro. No, nah, the cramps were so. And I was I was running to my bed into the bathroom like the entire night, like for two days. I didn't even lie. I would have just set up shop in the bathroom, bro. Bro, I tried to, but you know, like your butt. <laughs> Try to take a nap in the toilet, and then not, not in the toilet, the tub or something. Your, your butt and your legs go numb, and it's just like you, you try to move. Okay, I never had it like that. No, no, no. I'm talking about my legs are numb. I'm talking from sitting down so long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like you just stuck on the toilet. Yeah, yeah, like was, I, uh, ooh. yeah, bro. It was it was bad. Like. And so, um, bro, I, I put on like sweats and a sweater because I started to get like the shakes. I was cold, like my temperature dropped. Like it was, it yeah. was, it was bad. The car I wanted to buy, it got sold. Um, the guy didn't even call me, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it just it just wasn't a good week, and I lost some games in the pickums, which you're gonna get to later. I got a smile on my face right now, just, just was, looking at you. That was no joy it. in my life. Um, you know, bring, brings me a lot of joy watching other people suffer at my expense. I see, I see. <laughs> and so, man, uh, but yeah, only thing that was kind of cool, man. We talked about like the fight. Well, it was for those for those who didn't see it. Okay, it was a Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter fight. That was like a real battle we have not gotten in a while. I mean, those who saw the Nick Fury and uh, I said I said Nick Fury. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was getting ready. Too many Marvel movies. Ready to too many Marvel. Okay, uh, the t- Tyson Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder fight, man, that was well, their third fight, actually. Like, that was a classic. If you go back and watch that, you'll love every minute of it because it was just a real, like, battle. Same thing with this one, man. This was a battle. This almost reminded me of almost a Mexican-style fight. You know what I mean? Like, um, as far as styles of boxing, you have three styles. You have the counterboxers, you have the attackers, and you have more so defense, defensive boxing. Mm. And so for this one, you had two guys who they said, fuck defense, fuck the counter shit. We going at it. We duking it out We duking it out the entire time, man. So they, they, went, they were throwing hands. Hands, man. They threw hands like they didn't even like each other. Like, and, But they had, like, if you go watch after the match, man, they had a whole lot of respect. Um that's the way it should be. It should. I like to see that. Like even Canelo and the uh, Caleb Plant. Plant fight. Yeah. Afterwards, he was like, "Hey man, you're a hell of a fighter," and everything. Like Canelo went up to him and he's like, "Hey, good fight. You know, you're a hell of a fighter." And everything. He's like, "You know what? All the crap that was talking leading up to it. You know, yeah. that that's good for the promotion of the fight. The fight was great. And then you know, afterwards, you like to see you know two grown men, you know, willing to you know put aside their differences, you know, how they feel about the scorecard or what happened in the fight and stuff. You know, it's it's good sportsmanship and it's that's hard to find out here nowadays. It really is, man. So okay, Terrence Crawford. For those who don't know, Terrence. Crawford Crawford, he kept the welterweight title, and Sean lost, and where he lost his uh, chance at it, you know. So, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the battle was—I said the battle—the fight was ended around like round. Oh, it nine. was a battle. <laughs> it, it was a battle. It was ended around nine, and you know, a total knockout. The uh, ref he called the fight off, but 
he got right back up and he, you know, he told him that he wanted to keep fighting. And you could tell that he still wanted some more, man, because he still had something left. And because I think the first time he got knocked down, he was just like hitting. Bro, the, he was uh, hitting the ground. He was, the was like, you don't like pissed. Fuck. He was pissed, <laughs> man. He was like, ain't no way I should have gone to him. Exactly, man. So like they really wanted that, man. And so yeah. like it's different when you, you see it all the time. You see it in even other sports. You can tell who don't want no more. You know what I mean? Who's getting like they getting broke off and they they just don't want it. And Terrence Crawford was absolutely working Sean's body. Body. Like, the body shots yeah. were crazy. Like, I know I was just talking to you about it. Like, he was wearing him out with those. And you could tell just as the rounds kind of went on that Sean just didn't have the same twitch, you know, the same explosion when he was coming because mm-hmm. he knew that that counter was coming. Yeah, and, okay, so in the welterweight division, obviously they're the lightest guys out there. So the, the punch is going to be flying really fast. Sean was throwing a lot of a lot of under, uh, oh, I said undercuts, uppercuts, a lot of south bar stuff, which for those who – box before even like you can test this out yourself if you go try to if you go anywhere in your room wherever you are try to do an uppercut you get a lot of power it takes a lot of energy to do also though so one you getting caught with a lot of body shots it gets harder and harder to throw they move a little bit slower every time you take some more damage like i said man they weren't worried about any kind of defense that entire fight they were just throwing haymakers and so man like i said i don't know if it was I don't know if it was um, Terrence's corner or just him, just his mentality as a boxer that he just caught on to that. Yeah. But, man, his team and him, man, they ought to be congratulated because that was a brilliant, excellent fight. Hey, just like our boy Nigel, you know, shout out to him for tuning in on IG Live. He said he cooked his ass. Hey, man, for real, man, for real, man. Shout out, Nigel. Shout out, Mike, man. Shout out to Facebook. Shout out to Instagram, man. Hey, let us know what y'all want to hear, what y'all want to talk about, man. We're going to uh, we're gonna introduce y'all topics, man. Shout out, Taylor. You know, we are the most interactive podcast out here. I don't care what nobody say. Facts. Facts. And so, uh, moving on, bro, to our next topic, man. It's the NFL, bro. Mm, somebody lost their job this week, and... As an Eagles fan, I am I'm kind of upset at it. Really? I, I want Jason Garrett in my division as long as possible. Because I know good things are not going to happen for that Facts. football team. He's terrible. He's terrible. You know, people used to describe Jason Garrett when he was with the Cowboys as, like, the perfect puppet under Jerry Jones. Yeah. Just the perfect. You know, he didn't do anything. He just, um, he was the mouthpiece that, you know, Jerry Jones, he stuck his hand up his ass and, you know, he moved whenever he needed him to do. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I feel that. I kind of wish he would go to, you know, Somewhere in the AFC, I'm not going to speak on a certain division, but maybe coach a certain team, maybe like... Uh, it's all fun games because he's the Houston Texans new coach. That's something they would actually do, though. That's the crazy <laughs> part. Let's not even speak that into existence. That's, that's, something, really, they actually, that's, that's something they actually do. That's actually very realistic, but um, hopefully they don't Shit do that, more qualified than the current head coach they got, but hey, shout out oh, to... Uh, hey, you know what? That's Cully very true. has been holding it down. They just got the upset win over Tennessee. Almost, yeah. Crazy, and you know what? Shout, shout out to uh, Grenard, bro, the, the edge rusher for mm. the Texans. Man, this dude is just every time I see him, he's just making plays. Yeah, every time I turn on a Texans game, he he, whether I'm looking at him specifically or not, like he he comes across the screen, always doing something. I really like him. Yeah, so maybe he'll get that extension. You know that half the team needs. You know because all of them on one year, two year deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the roster uh, turnover. I th- uh, is going to be absolutely insane because I think this year was the most amount of players added to a roster in like NFL history. They had over like 35 players added to the team. Yeah, what? Well, we'll see what they do. You know what? And it's crazy that the team I'm looking at, this is a complete side topic. See if you can go with me for a second. The Texans, their roster is going to look so crazy come draft time. Is that like we st- we spoke about this, me and you, and even uh, before me and Will too, back when he was here, we spoke about this a while back. We're saying that 
this year, whoever's playing for the Texans, right, it's definitely a trial year. You're not necessarily, I don't think any of them are necessarily looking to stay. But this is more so like your interview for other teams. This is going to be your resume for whatever team you want to really go to because most of them are on a one-year, two-year deals anyway. So mm-hmm. um, I think draft time, they're going to be a lot of trade pieces or a lot of open cap space, you know, to get whoever wants to leave, whoever's ever coming off an injury that they don't want anymore, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's going to be looking real different come April. So message. Message. But uh, I think uh, going back to the Jason Garrett um, stuff, I think the reason why they went ahead and fired him now was not just because the just abysmal performance on Monday Night Football against mm. the Bucks, But I think they're realizing they're not – a, that Jason Garrett still runs just an outdated offense. Mm-hmm. And B, they, they're still trying to evaluate Daniel Jones. So they saw him, you know, in the previous uh, regime, you know, stuff wasn't working out great. Brought him Jason Garrett this year, try to see if that can change it up. Obviously not. So I think this last, was it like seven games left or so, something mm-hmm. like that, six, seven games left, whatever the final uh, stretch is, is going to be like they're like that's exactly what they're going to remember it's going to be the recency bias when they go to evaluate and be like all right what did he do under this coach all right nothing what did he do under this coach nothing all right now we're just giving him one last chance to like bring something new in just let him run do i, I don't know what their plan is they uh got interim coordinator is brown's old head coach from hard knocks i, I could see his face but i can't um, think of his name but um so like he's coming in and you know they're going to give him like one last chance to like really evaluate daniel jones because you don't know still what you have in him i don't think he's a franchise quarterback at this point but Hey, uh, if the Giants do decide to stick with Daniel Jones, like I said, as an Eagles fan, I am not mad at that. Mm. I, I want that as, as the opposition because Daniel Jones is of no threat to me. Mm. Even though he busted that like seventy yard run on us a couple years ago and tripped, tripped and over, didn't even make it. Yeah. It's like, that, that's the story. But it's like even when he's doing great, he's still just coming out here doing stuff like this at the end of the day. So it's like, what 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 do you really get out of Daniel Jones? Yeah. Um, What's what's his ceiling? Like, I mean, I guess it could be exactly what you said, you know, kind of fits almost like the Cowboys organization mold. You know, you do well until you <laughs> until something happens. You know what I mean? Until like Freddie Kitchens. There we go. Freddie Kitchens. OK, you do well until you just can't do any better. You know what I mean? So it's always and they're going to self-sabotage. That's the word. That's what I'm looking for. Not even intentionally. It'll be involuntary self-sabotage. They can't succeed, so they won't succeed kind of thing. So, I mean, Daniel Jones is the kind of guy like, and I, was it you that said this? I can't remember because I, I said Sam Darnold in the future I feel like could be something. And he was like, well, if if um, QB for the Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins is like the, uh, the cliff from good to great, you know, then where's Sam Donald in that, and where's Daniel Jones? Yeah, uh, on the back half of that. On the back half <laughs> the, of that. The, the furthest away from great side of that. Exactly, and so it's like, I, I keep trying to, I, you know what I think it is? I think it's me, it's my subconscious, keep trying to defend Sam Donald because I said he, he had a possibility of being an MVP this season. I'm clipping I, that and I'm posting it. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I, just, I'm just waiting for the season to be over. I, I think that's what it is, but if they were to try to move him, what could he even go? There aren't too many teams looking for a quarterback anymore. And the teams that are that don't have one, unless they just bench him and make him their second, uh, their second string, but the teams that don't have a quarterback right now, 
probably can make a move for one in the draft, even though the draft isn't looking too heavy on quarterbacks right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still got DW4 floating out there in the ether. You yeah, know? just, you know, in purgatory. Yeah, just, just waiting. Just waiting for something. Well, yeah. the Browns are kind of in that situation, too, because they're, they're, they're kind of situation. It's like, all right, is paying Baker market value going to be worth it? And like, PFF just did, like, a pretty uh, uh, good job of breaking down um, – like when Baker is playing when he's not. And the team, when Baker's not playing, it, it is not it's not as drastic as a drop-off as you would really think. So it's Daniel Jones is going to be, you know, not making anywhere near what, like, Baker would be signing for. Mm. But Nigel on Instagram thinks that Daniel Jones is going to stick around in New York. And at this point, like you just said, the draft class isn't that great. You know, you know, you got the Deshaun Watson, you know, maybe Russell Wilson, you know, some quarterbacks on happy. Hey, Aaron Rodgers might come out, but it's like, I don't think those guys will go to the Giants. I don't think so either. Because some of these guys, well, it's hard for me to say with Aaron Rodgers because I don't even know what he wants. I don't know if he wants money. I don't know if he wants a ring. I don't know. I mean, are you looking for respect? Like, I mean, I don't, you know what? That's actually a great point. I don't know what, what he wants. What, is, what does Aaron Rodgers want, and what is his end goal? Yeah, I don't know what it is. You, know you what would I mean? think a championship, right? You would think, but you can do that in Green Bay. You just you right on the but, cusp. But, but they haven't. They could have won last year. They just had to beat Tampa Bay, but they didn't. Hey, it, that, that is true. But you know, even though Aaron Rodgers didn't play his you know best football then. I, I still don't think Aaron Rodgers has been the problem in Green Bay by any means. It's been the at defense all, at all, or the, at all. You know, if Devontae Adams goes down, then then what do you have? Yeah, they've been performing as of lately. Granted, they're they're still a second half team, and that's going to be a problem when you go against you know high caliber, real playoff contending teams later on in the, in the season. Yeah, because at that point it's like, all right, you're down. We're in the second half. We gotta you know put it the ball in Aaron's hands and let him air it out and hope to God something good happens. And you know if you got Rodgers tossing, and then you know usually things usually things might slide your direction. But if it's against somebody like a Tom Brady or What's another uh, top QB in the uh, in the NFC? Um, I mean, uh, Russell want, Wilson still. Russell, if you want to say, I mean, yeah, Russell. You can put Dak in Dak, there. Dak, yeah, you can't put Dak in there. Yeah. So you know we're we're talking about the the elite you know quarterbacks and what they bring, but what what about running backs? Because I know there's a whole thing of you know running backs don't matter and everything. You know analytics are showing that hey you know passing the ball is you know a lot more you know it's a little bit higher of a risk, but it's you know pays off a lot more and everything. But I think the running back position still has a lot of value. And when I look at people like my top three running backs in the league right now, I would say would be Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and Jonathan Taylor. Their their teams operate through them. Derrick Henry doesn't provide a lot in the passing game, mm-hmm. but he doesn't need to. He he is a unicorn. He is an outlier. Yeah, I think that like Dalvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor, like they have a complete. They have such a complete skill set. They can run in between the tackles. They can get wide. They can bust it. They they both have four three speed. So it's mm-hmm. like they can both you know bust you know long runs, hit home runs, stuff like that, and just run through people. They can juke you. They they're just overall just. I say the most talented backs, but then you get people like Alvin Kamara who provide a lot more in the passing game and Christian McCaffrey, you know, guys that, you know, the analytics guys love because, you know, they, they, you know, do just as much in the passing game as they do on the ground. But both of those guys, I have injury concerns with them, mm-hmm. especially Christian McCaffrey. He's played, okay, he's been back for what, two or three games now? So he's played like 10 ish games since 2019. Yeah. That's that, that, that that's not going to cut it for me. Okay. For me, uh, we're talking top backs. 
yes, Derrick Henry is an outlier just because of what he doesn't offer much in the passing game, but he's so great at what he does. He's like a if we're gonna if I was to skip over a sport, I can say Giannis. Like Giannis doesn't have a real shot, but he's so good inside and he's so athletic, he doesn't need one. And Derrick Henry like doesn't wear it down. Like as yeah. he, he like his yards per carry get like greater as the game goes on. So mm. he's getting better as the defense is getting more tired. So like hey, and that's a large man to stop when you're tired. Exactly. And one thing I also like about Derrick Henry, he's not a liability in a passing game. What I mean is like this. I'm not talking about necessarily catching. I mean so blocking. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to change your whole offensive line blocking scheme because your running back can't handle the D-end or an outside or a linebacker coming in or a strong safety coming from outside. You know what I mean? You don't have to change up things like that. He can stick and take on whatever defender you have that you're going to let come free. He's big enough for that. So that's what I really appreciate, just that a skill that he has that a lot of other running backs don't have. Mm -hmm. um, another uh, running back that had that skill set, Saquon. Saquon Barkley also had that super strong running back. He can take on any defender. Yeah. Uh, granted, I think he's super talented, but injuries. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I hate that for him, bro. Yeah, man. He is so just amazing to just to watch. Exactly. And so when people mention Jonathan Taylor, I'm not trying to hate him a guy at all because – yeah, I give credit to where credit is due. He's performing. So, but it's almost like I feel about how um, Saquon about how how I used to feel about Todd Gurley before his injuries. I thought Todd Gurley was like the best thing out. You know what I mean? I thought he was the most talented. Really? Yes. Hmm. Before his injuries, I'm like Todd Gurley is the guy. Oh, you know I, mean? I, I I definitely would have disputed that back in the day. Really? Well, yeah. Why, why so? Man, because before his injuries. Okay, so like just him and Jared Goff, like they're. All right, so it was more my problem was more with Jared Goff than like Todd Gurley, but like Todd Gurley was good, but it's like everything was just like all right, yeah, like screens and stuff. It's like cool, but that that's like schemed up. Now, if you want somebody who's truly like a receiving back like that, like I would still much rather have Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey or you know even like somebody that can go out and line up and actually play receiver and stuff. So I just thought it was all like more schemed up and um, was less reliant on his like actual talent per se. Which I mean, mm, it's, it's just a, that's it's a, not a knock on him. It's just yeah. like you, you're in a good position. So like, congratulations to you. For that, I'm, I almost, mm, that's an, the only reason I say that's an inside call is because I feel like if that's a tomato tomato thing, I feel like you can almost blame it on the coaches for not calling it that way or not coaching him up to even do that. You know what I mean? True. But Saquon, I feel like just had like so much better of a just skill set to begin with that you can do a lot more with him. So I would have, like, I, I, like, say, let's say their first couple years, mm -hmm. I held, Saquon in a lot higher light than I did uh, Todd Gurley. That first couple of years? Yeah. Saquon has been in the league for three, four, three years? Nah, he was drafted the same year as Baker. This is like his fifth year. Fifth year? Yeah. It's been that long? Mm hmm. I think he was drafted in 2017. 2017? 2017. Yeah, this is fifth season. This is fifth season. Oh, so he's been hurt like two, two of them, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's what it is. Okay. So, Saquon and Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, after his injuries came along, then his. Production started to decline naturally. Oh. Talk about before then. Oh, let me go back and give my uh, my top three first. Okay, so Derrick Henry, uh, I can go. Oh no, this is fourth year. He was drafted in twenty eighteen. My bad. Okay, yeah, there we go. So he's been hurt two of, of his uh, four years. But like I said, let me go back and like give my uh, initial list and answer an initial question. Okay, so Derrick Henry, I feel like he's an outlier. If you bring up injuries, then I would have to take Christian McCaffrey out just because. But I think he's so good. You know, mm -hmm. um, he can do anything you want him to do. So. If I take out injuries, Derrick Henry, um, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor. I'm in my top three. Yeah, I, I respect yeah. it. Like, yeah. I, I think that if somebody were to throw 
you know, the like as long as Derrick Henry is in their top three, I, I have, you know, a certain individual, I'm not gonna name their name, I'm not gonna put them on blast, that has now kind of just started to accept the fact that Derrick Henry is a, you know, elite top back in the NFL. He he he's very biased. He he was a Texans fan, so you know, he, he's just, you know, you know, he's a little ignorant when it came to that. Okay. He was very, very, very biased, but it, it, all in good fun though. But um like if people throw the names of if I hear Zeke, I'm like, okay, you know, it just as long as they're able to provide like the reason why. Mm-hmm. Like, if they value, you know, like, just hard nose running through the football, like, you know, cool. Like, mm-hmm. Zeke's a good balance back. All right, cool. No, fine. Alvin Kamara, I think, is definitely in that, like, top five conversation. But there's somebody else I'm forgetting that I feel like could be right. Oh, yeah, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, I feel like, is very, very slept yeah. on as well. He could be making his way into that conversation. Okay. And you know what? For whoever you're talking about, I used to be one of those guys who didn't want to give Aaron Foster his credit because he didn't look fast running the ball. Like, he looked like somebody could catch him. But he was so good at reading her gaps and reading the holes that that's what made him so deadly. And so... See, I think the same thing about Alvin Kamara, like, that he looks... Like, like he, he looks like he's not running that fast, right? Mm. But nobody's catching him. Nobody's catching him, exactly. It's like, bro, it's just like deceiving to your eyes. <laughs> and that's what I feel about sometimes when you look at Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is so big to where, like, you know how, like, when you see a car, like, from far away, like, you're looking at it on a grand scope of a, of a street, and you see a car go from point A to point B. And you're like, oh, it took that car a minute to get there. It's pretty slow. It was moving. 50 miles an hour to get there. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's completely different from yeah. a different perspective. So, uh, just because it's so big, it's thinking that you, it's moving slower when it's really not. So, I think that might be like a perception kind of thing. That's how I, feel, that's how I used to feel about Aaron Foster. Mm. But... Man, that little, like, uh little high step that Arian Foster used to do when he was like that dead leg Madden it was lethal on Madden oh my goodness oh, dude when they added that back juke in Madden back in the oh god what Madden they first added back in uh like 16 Madden, Madden 16 nah it might have been before that. I want to say it was 13 13 25 somewhere in that era <laughs> like I, I remember I used to be killing people with that because I always use Deshaun Jackson so everybody would just sprint upfield mm. like I would like throw a screen to him or whatever I hit the <laughs> stupid Deshaun Jackson was fun, fun fact I scored a like 70 80 yard game winning touchdown I was playing against the Bears um, in like Madden like 25 online mm. And I had the Eagles, and it was like, all right, bro, there's no way I'm going to throw a Hail Mary. I got to, like, get the ball into, like, Deshaun Jackson's hands, basically, and just pray to God that I can get in the end zone. Yeah. And luckily, bro, they weren't athletes. You know, the moment was too big for them. They pissed down the leg and everything. <laughs> and I, I, I just burnt thought- the whole defense, dude. And I hit a disgusting back. I got that video on my Instagram. I hit a disgusting juke. made like, people <laughs> miss. Took it to the crib. Won the game. I know the dude was Not pissed. How pissed would you be if you lost the game off of like a 70, 80 yard screen? Bro, I'd be sick, bro. I mean, Receiver like. Screen. I ain't play, actually, I ain't playing man. Hey, actually, hey, shout out Mike on Facebook. I need to play you in Madden, man. It's been a minute. I ain't even. We're we going to get, we get to that later. Hey, if y'all talking about possibly, you know, getting together, you know, a little, little competition with the sticks, I, I'm here to hand out the work to anybody and everybody. Yeah, bro. Except for 2K, man. 2K brings out the worst in me. I think 2K brings out the worst in, you know, everybody. Bro, I, yeah. Especially this yeah. year with how the shot meter is. Bro, what? It's, it got. After 16 or no, 17 was the last good one, I think, to me. Like, when I actually kind of liked. It got stupid and didn't make sense. Like, everything was, even though, like, the little 2K world they got, I'm like, okay, whatever, it's cool. Yeah, they're like, on my park. And yeah, everything. yeah, I was like, okay, whatever. But the whole, I don't know, my park got, it got weird, bro. Like, anyway, anyway, we're getting off topic, we're getting off topic. Okay. If you want to talk about things that are weird, I had just seen the weirdest, like, list ever in my life. 
But first, we're going to take a quick break and we'll get into this. <laughs> hey, yeah, man. Follow us on uh, The Breakroom, H-O-U on Twitter and the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram and the Breakroom Podcast one on Facebook, man. We'll be right back. Matter of fact, all you hoes can leave me alone. I just want my money. And now I want to get every hit. Hoes go shit your house. Shit's up, you ain't, you ain't got to call my phone. I never got the last segment short, man. We are back in the break room here. Me. God dang, I said that backwards. Me here. No, no, that ain't right either. Me. Charles is here, and so am I, Evan. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Finally. So, man, yeah, we're back, man. And I know we cut off last time, but we need to go and get to our pickings, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Nah, bro. Before we get to the pigums, bro, I, I I I gotta bring up this list that I saw, dude. Yeah, yeah. What's up? The most disruptive oh, defensive players. The top ten most defensive disrupt. God damn it! I can't see. See now you messed yeah, me up. Yeah, Come yeah. Over here, the top ten most disruptive defenders in the NFL in 2021. Should I start at one or should I start at ten? I I, I don't know. What's more blasphemous? I know what would piss people off more. Um, that's a, that's a, actually a tough question. I don't even know what pissed people off more. All right, you know what? So I, I'm just going to start from the top, and then we'll work our way to the bottom. Okay, okay. So at number one, they had Michael Parsons. Huh? So, like, Michael Parsons has been playing great this year. He has a 19% pressure rate, best in the NFL. That may, does make him disruptive. He can play, you know, all around the field. That does make him disruptive. Mm. I'm not mad that he's on this list. I'm just mad that there are certain people that I feel like are just – not ranked where they're supposed to be, but we're continuing to get into it. You know, good, good, good for Micah, but the, the rookie, you know, do, doing what he does. Number two, this dude having a good season, Trey Hendrickson. I'm not mad at that. He's got um, a, fran- a brand new, like, 40 or $60 million contract that he just signed. He's like fourth in pressure rate. He's got nine and a half sacks. Cool. You know, that's nice. That's you know, cool. Good for him. And this is where they started to lose me. And number three, they have Yannick Ngakwe who plays for the Raiders now. He's more of a speed rusher or anything. And they, they just talk about his, his total pressures, which is 51. He leads the league in that. I'm like, okay, like he does have the stats, but he's not like as disruptive overall in the yeah. game. Yeah, like pass rushing, that, that's all he can do, which is good. Like you're an edge rusher, that's your job. I'm like, all right, so you're at third, okay. Fourth, they had Miles Garrett. My balls was hot. And I'm like, all right, you know, this is starting to yeah, look. It's getting a little more, weird. Yeah, it's starting to look, you know, the, the names, you know, it's starting <clears> to come around. I'm like, all right, you know, this feels good. And Miles Garrett, I feel like it's just so disruptive on just playing the run and the pass. And that even though he might not have the the best uh, pressure rate, you know, the most pressures, most sacks. Actually, I, do, I think he does have the most sacks in the NFL. I think him and TJ Water, like neck and neck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the fact that he can do. It on you know regardless of where the football is going he he's there for that so I feel like that should push him a little higher than maybe four at five they had T J Watt like I just said okay. you know same thing as Miles Garrett can do it all you know he's I think he's second in the NFL in sacks so he's you know right below Miles Garrett Robert Quinn at six I was like okay you know he's you know other side of Cleo Mack mm. he he he's a very good you know pass rusher situationally I feel like he's not consistently going to be you know. A great guy, but the reason why they have him on here is because apparently he has a nine percent sack rate on third down, which is the best in the NFL. So they're valuing yeah. pressure on third down, which is which is valuable. It is, it is, it is valuable. But you know, he's an impact player. Exactly, yeah. But to be disruptive, I'm thinking of like just down to down consistency. Yeah. I, I, 
I'm not sure I'll put Robert Quinn uh, up there. No. Matthew Judon at seven. I was like, okay, you know, he's got 40 pressures and like, you know, a relatively high uh, rate, uh, pass rush rate at uh, 15%. Eight is Max Crosby, which is a little low for me because he is mm. blown up this year. He is one of the most like well-rounded defensive ends playing this season so far. So I'm like, okay, you got the likes of Yannick Ngakwe or like Matthew Judon and you know, Robert Quinn above him. And I was like, I, I just, I just don't, don't agree with that at all. Nine, they had Jeffrey Simmons, who is like playing outstanding this year at defensive tackle for the uh, Titans. This man has been like playing Bro, like Aaron Donald. Down, like down to down to down. Like he's been going in. Like it's exactly, not even. Exactly. And it's a non-debatable thing. Yeah, like every across every statistical category, mm. like especially like if you just look at uh, interior defensive tackles, yeah. like he he's it's him and Aaron Donald, and then number ten they have Aaron Donald. So I'm like, hold on now, bro, come on. This now. dude is easily like the most dominant player at his position. Like, yeah, we I, we just got done saying that Jeffrey Simmons is putting up the numbers, but it's like this is the first time he's done that. You game plan your whole offensive scheme around one player, around Aaron Donald. Are you as a as a defensive coordinator coming in and be like, all right, boys, this week, you know, we gotta shut down Robert Quinn. We gotta shut down, you know, Yannick Nagakwe. Like, that's probably not the main it's point of emphasis. So I think Aaron Donald being at 10 is absolute blasphemous. It's crazy. Okay. Cause you know me, bro. I'm a I love defense. This this why it's it's my thing. Hey, and so you grew up in the trenches on that side. Bro, you know what I'm saying? So look, defense is so about it's not only like the statistical stuff, the sacks, the TFLs, the pass knockdowns, all that stuff is like, it's really icing on the cake. Yeah. It's more so, what do you command? Like, that was a real, back, uh, I said real, back, real knock on JJ. Like, after his like MVP caliber season, when he started to like kind of decline a little bit, he was still being doubled and triple teamed. That's why like his production suffered a little bit. Same thing with Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, like if his production suffers a little bit, it's because he commands so much attention. That was one thing when uh, when Jadavion Clowney got traded to, well, I'm not traded, but signed to the Titans. Mm-hmm. At one point, I thought like this could really be something, you know what I mean? And this could really change him. Not more so that he was just going to change their defense so much, but because he was going to command attention, mm-hmm. which could give like freedom to other areas of the defense. That's what Aaron Donald does, and he still produces. You know what I mean? And so that's what makes him so great. Mm-hmm. Some of these other guys, like you just said, you're not really going to game plan for him. You're not going to do that. You know what I mean? You're not going to command, like, we're not going to run to the right side of the ball. When He will take up an entire side of the line of scrimmage. And you can even sit there and double and triple team Aaron Donald, and it's – it, it's almost like he's going one on one. It seems like yeah, it, a double team for Aaron Donald is, is like him working up against you know just you know uh, the what's the freaking uh, sled in practice or bro, something like that, bro. It's, he's it's a, easy money for a DT. He's kind of short, but he's a super powerful guy. Yeah, like, you know what but, I mean. But his is him being undersized, Unders- even though he's like all of like six, six one, one and yeah. like two eighty. Yeah, you but, know that's undersized, but that that plays to his advantage because he can get you know good leverage, leverage get and, pop. That pop he gets is crazy oh, on the line. His get off the ball is is ridiculous, bro. Like he literally trains against knives. Li- you saw that. You saw that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 bro. Like, it's crazy, man. And so I'm not disputing the fact that other guys don't deserve to be on that list. I just don't agree with the rankings. Because, like, obviously, you know, everybody has their, like, statistical, like, reasoning for why they're there. And those things play a role. Mm-hmm. But, at, I mean, I guess it's who's, who's making the list. For me, it's the attention you're getting. That's going to take precedence over I can every tell you, single Lance, thing. Our boy Lance is not, did not make this list. Lance did not make this list. <laughs> I, think, I think Lance would have a few different things to say about here. But, hey, Thanksgiving games coming up tomorrow. We got the, you know, good old Detroit Lions every single year coming out here. 
question of the day. What's up? And I'm going to direct this to you. Okay, okay. Nobody else me. in the world can answer this the way you do. What's the score going to be? Are they going to win? Are they going to are they going to be able to get it because you you for some reason no 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 the Lions and no the Patriots are a little bit too well for my liking. The they are playing the hold on. The Lions are playing uh the the Bears. The Bears. I don't know if I mentioned that. My at Detroit. I'm taking the Bears. I mean, the, no, the Lions. I'm actually taking the Lions. So, yeah, Andy Dolan is starting. I don't know if that's going to do anything for you. I'm taking the Lions. Not. Hey. I'm taking the Lions. You know what? You're going to do it? I'm taking the Bears. Whoa. Oh. I, I, oh. I can't take the I know the Lions probably are going to win the game at some point. And the Bears might be that game. But it's just the primetime game, and this is the, the Lions. I, I'm... I just don't. Jared Goff's that quarterback. It's hard to like see a world. It's like, yeah, they they can win this game. There have been two teams to dominate the Lions: the Packers, and they won in the fourth quarter, and the Eagles, which that was dominated for sixty minutes. That made no oh. sense at all. That made no sense. Made at no all. sense. What do you mean? They balled out against better teams, bro. It's like even when the Eagles played against like the Chiefs and stuff, it's like we were still putting up like thirty points. The Chiefs before they hit their in their incline. We just we just put forty. Up on the um, up on the Saints. Hey, I'm not talking about the Saints. Hey, I'm talking about Detroit. Hey, you know what I mean? We ain't talking about New Orleans. Their defense is worse. <laughs> their defense has been, has been consistent. Let me say that they've been consistently giving effort. Not saying they've been great, That's, but they consistently play hard. That, that is facts. All right. Well, fair enough. Hey, you know what? Maybe you know. Oh yeah. By the way, little update on it. Okay. Charles had a down week. I was up three last week. Ah, uh, yeah. So I'm up four a, overall. It's been a horrible The beard looking like it's going to stay. Everybody, you know, on live right now, see it. We look, we looking, you know, we're going from a six to a seven with the beard over here. And I want that essential water. I'm, I, my cup empty. I need okay. some more. Ooh. I need it. I need it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the next game we got is the 330 game. It is the Raiders going to Dallas to play the Cowboys. No Mari Cooper still. CD uh, Lamb is projected to play. Do you believe in the Raiders to pull this up at all? No. Fair enough, I don't either. Yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys. I'll take the Cowboys as well. Last game for Thanksgiving. It's the night game. Oh, hey. Oh, I got a proposition for you. Ooh, what you got? It's Thanksgiving. Do you want to double up? On what? These games. Because these games count for two points instead of one since it's Thanksgiving. What you going to do, Evan? Hey. What you going to do? Hey, roll the dice. You want to double up? You shooting with me? On, on, on the three? Yeah, on the yeah. three? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we go. You want to yeah. double up? Mm-hmm. Bet. Yeah. I'm go. I'm cool with that. I'm taking the Bills over the Saints. Yes. I'm going All right. So you, we're doubling up. So basically, just on one game. So yeah, on, so, one, yeah, game. on one game. Okay. Eh, ah. Whatever. Ah. <laughs> anyway, uh, on to the Sunday games. We have a AFC North matchup. The Steelers go to Cincinnati to play Joe Burrow and the Bengals, who are you know raising some eyebrows this year. I'm going to go with Cincinnati, but I'm kind of originally going with Cincinnati. I'm going to take Cincinnati, too. I, yeah. I feel like Ben Roethlisberger is just going to have one of those games where he just... Yeah. Where are they playing at? It's in Cincy. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I, yeah, I feel like Ben Roethlisberger is going to have one of those games where he just comes out and just kind of flatlines. Uh, next game we got is the Carolina Panthers going to Miami to play the Dolphins. I, I told you how I feel about Miles Gaskins. Yep, every week you're going to get some fair enough. I don't even know why I asked that. I'm and, taking the Panthers as well. And shout out to Cam. He balled last with their defense didn't show up. So Cam, Cam is probably going to little spark back to uh, the Panthers. Bro, what if, what if, not saying it's going to happen, mm-hmm. what if the Panthers end up in the wild card? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I believe they and, are right now. It's still in one of the wild card spots. Yeah, I mean, they just got to retain this. They just got to keep, the, keep how they're going. If they do, and Cam leads them to the playoff, then you think he could end up as comeback player of the year? Ooh, yeah. 
Yeah. You know I mean, he was sitting at home for nine games. So as long as Dak doesn't end up throwing for like 5,000-something crazy yards, mm-hmm. I feel like Dak is probably going to be, you know, probably more eyes are going to go to that since he got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. If they make the playoffs, yeah. Oh, yeah. He should be. Okay. I, I don't see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that, yeah. Even yeah. though, like, I feel like it'll be more for his story than just him, like, bringing the team back. Yeah, it's not like he, like, had, like, an injury or something. Which yeah. is normally how that goes. But, hey, you know what? I, I like that. That's, that's a great question. Next game, we got an- another division game, but this is in the NFC East this time. We got my Philadelphia Eagles going to, you know, New Jersey to go play the New York Giants. Come on, man. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, I'll take Philly. The birds. Ooh. I didn't even know they were playing this week. The Titans and the Patriots? Patriots. Ooh. We're actually going with the Patriots. Yeah. Ooh. Titans fresh off a loss to Houston. Patriots match up well with them. Patriots. Yeah. I'm, you know what? Mike Vrabel versus Bill Belichick. I'm taking Bill in that game. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Bill Belichick kind of like always knows like how to beat young quarterbacks, how to be his old like coaches. Like I mm. think, oh, I forgot what the record is. I've seen something last season. But he, he's only lost, like, I think, like, two or three games to, like, coaches that, like, used to coach under him. Hmm. Yeah, he he, he really oh, mastermind, bro. It's crazy. Um, This game is going to be just horrible. The Falcons and the Jaguars. I'll take Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going with Atlanta. Falcons. Yeah, just. Yeah, I mean. Matt just, Ryan versus Trevor Lawrence. We just talked about how one, one we talked about what who the Giants and how bad they are. The the Jaguars aren't too far from that. So big facts: the Buccaneers will travel to Indianapolis to go face Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz. Give me the Bucks, just because like what one Tom Brady's in the MVP conversation. Um, and even though the Bucks have a lot of injuries, um, they're still just a better squad. They can score in a hurry if they really need to. And I feel like the game might come down to Carson Wentz making a play, which I don't think he will. So, yeah, I think this might be a little bit closer of a game. I'm like probably within, I would say within a possession. I feel like this is going to be a close game, but the Bucks, mm. I, I, I think they'll edge that one out. And another dumpster fire we got going on. This is kind of the hold your nose and just take it uh, games. The Jets against the Texans. Oh. Give me the Texans? Yeah, give me the Texans. I think I'm going to take the Texans for the second time this year. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Tyrod's back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want them. Ooh. Man, we got some good division games. Okay, so we have another AFC divisional game. This time we're going to the West. Okay. You got the Chargers mm-hmm. fresh off the Hey, that Sunday night game was something. I don't know if you saw it, but they're going to go play the Broncos. Chargers and the Broncos. Give me the Chargers. Give me the Chargers. I'm, I'm going to take the Chargers here too, but, man, we we, we got we to start picking some different teams, bro. No, we, we doubled up on one, yeah, and we true. differed on, like, two other ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just some of these games, like the Falcons versus the Jags, Jets versus Texans is like – you have two horrible teams that both teams are definitely easily Bro, capable to lose that pick, game. We picked a lot of the same last week, and it went the opposite way, which is crazy. Yeah, no, we, we like mm. the first like four or five games we were reviewing was like, bro, loss, loss, oh, loss. Like yeah. we, were, we were both wrong. Like, like who in the world, like would have expected the Colts to beat the Bills forty-one fifteen? By the <laughs> way, I have. All right, you know what? I'm about to go on a rant real quick. Go ahead. Disclaimer: I have Jonathan Taylor on my fantasy football team. 
right? Mm-hmm. Right. He dropped 51 points, right? I, I, I would like for you to take a guess how many points my team ended up with. 80? Not even 100. Um, yeah, we had like 90-some points because I had Dak, CD, Tyreek, Tony Pollard, and it's just like that Cowboys and Chiefs game was horrible. I, I, I got screwed over. I lost. I lost. I went against Austin Eckler. I went against... Um, man, who else? Did he had like two people that went off. But uh, anyway, yeah, I lost that game. You know how how high I was riding at first? I was like, yes, I'm up. I Jonathan Taylor had 51 points. I'm up like, bro, I was up like 40 points, and then I still had like all those people to play. And, oh yeah, um, yeah, you like, it's no way, bro. bro exactly. Yeah, like like e- even Yahoo was like, oh yeah, you got like 86 percent chance of winning. And I was like. Yes, I need this because, like, now, 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 I have the White Stallions. We're still in the playoff contention. We have fallen down to fourth. But the crazy thing is, the second ranked team is six and five. I'm also six and five. Uh, and then the ninth ranked team is five and six. So our whole like oh, yeah, league so is just back and yeah. forth. But it's really competitive, which I like to see. But back to our pick'em. So we got the 49ers hosting Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. If I had some water, give me the Vikings. You know what? I'm going to take the 49ers. Okay. Three o'clock game? Yeah. Give me the 49ers. We we, got to differ somewhere. Okay. I feel confident enough in there. You feel confident enough with the... uh, Who's going to hold Debo Sammy? In San Francisco? Yeah, but who's going to hold Justin Jefferson? Ooh, ooh, this can be a mess. Ooh! Justin Jefferson and Debo Samuel? That Oh, yeah. I'm I'm definitely watching that game. I'm going to be looking forward to that. I'm going to be watching them the whole Mm -hmm. game. The one-on-ones. I need that. But... The Rams and the Packers also play. Game of the week. 325. It's in Green Bay. Is he going to play? Aaron? He said he's going to play, right? Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers has a, a broken toe, not COVID toe. <laughs> um, he said he doesn't plan on missing any games. He said he might not practice, but he, he doesn't plan on missing any games. Hey, and, and it's going to be cold out there, so that toe's already going to be numb. So, hey. Man. Uh... But Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. In Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do well when he doesn't practice. Like, okay, so let's think about the beginning of the season. When he came out and he missed, like, all of uh, <laughs> the preseason practice and all of that, he didn't show up. Mm-hmm. He came out did terribly his first game. Then he came back, uh, I think it was somewhere in the middle of the season, was it off their bye or something like that? I can't remember. Um, but he came out and had another horrible game. He when He's not there in practice. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is great. I'm not saying that he's – I don't know. It's, he's You're not of, trying to discredit him. I'm not trying to discredit him. Yeah. But he's like, he, I don't think he's one of those guys at this point in his career to where he can neglect the process. You know what I mean? I, yeah. And no, I, 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 I don't I think there's that. nothing wrong with saying that for, like, players and, and athletes. Yeah, you know especially I mean? when you're closer to 40 than the 30. Exactly. There we go. So you said that, you said that the right way. Exactly. So he's great, but... Mm, I don't. That's that's a tough call. Like I mean, because he's going against the Packers are going against the Rams. Rams, two of the best but, teams in the NFC. But the Rams it out. The Rams can with the big playoff implications are up. You know, seating. You know, later on in the year, the the seating. You know, if you own the tiebreaker, that first seat up for grabs. Give me the Rams. You're gonna take the Rams. Give me the Rams. So we got three twenty. I never thought I would say that. So I that means so Green Green Bay plays in Green Bay. That's in Central Time Zone, right? 
Mm. Alright, it gets dark around 5.30. It's probably gonna be cold as fuck. If it's snowing. Oh, if it's snowing, I might go with the packs. Mm. Packers, oh. Alright, so so I'm just thinking about like this weather is probably gonna be just just down bad, right? Mm. And everybody knows that when the weather's down bad, Green Bay, like, just for some reason, yeah, it's they, just like, I don't know if they, they get, just like, get like adrenaline, yeah, yeah, just like a rush from it and they just feed off of it. But I'll take the Packers. Is it, is, you say it's in? It's in Green Bay. It's in Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm. It might be, it, it's going to get dark early by halftime. The second half is going to be pitch black. It's going to be cold. This is Green Bay. It can snow. It can be I'm windy go, as hell. I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna go Green Bay. Damn it, man! See, I, I was I was glad we separated on. If it snows, bro, like you said, bro, I, I'd be crazy not to be Green Bay. Because Matthew Stafford, he he he's used to playing in Green Bay. He plays there, you know, once a year. But he's still a dome quarterback. Yeah. Still, his home about, team's always played in the dome. And not just that. Think about it. look, L.A. They're not. They're not a. Last time we saw Odell out there, and uh, oh, well, I guess it wasn't the last time he went to Green Bay, but whenever the, he was on the Giants and they had the playoff game over there, and he dropped five passes. Yeah. Hey, could, could happen again, but we'll see. Let's get up. Like I said, America's game of the week. Um, we're both taking the Packers. Yeah, both taking the Packers. All right, fair enough. Sunday night football. Baker Mayfield and his torn shoulder labrum and rotator cuff and just just down bad, looking like JJ Watt out here with the shoulder. Bro. But they're gonna have a huge in division test. They gotta go against Lamar Jackson. Give me the Ravens. Ravens. He just needs to go and sit out. Honestly, uh, Baker. Like he just needs to go and sit out. I don't but, know. It, like I said earlier, he's playing for a contract. Yeah. So if like, he can show enough, but then at the same time, the other side of it is, what if you get hurt? Then you're losing money. He's a. He's not playing well right now, right? Mm. And if he gets hurt, even if he injures himself even further, you're not going to get the contract anyway. You know what I mean? So, and then you kind of go on. He had that rebuttal against some fans, and it's just not a great look for you right now. Yeah, you know no, what I'm saying? Even you had uh, Steve Smith kind of attack you in a, uh, and I forgot some, um, it was a pregame right before Odell's. Uh, uh, oh, right before he. Uh, his did, first game, yeah, his, yeah, his debut in, uh, with the Rams. Steve Smith said, like, yeah, uh, Odell's moving on because of you, bro, because you're not really talented. You're an average guy. You know what I mean? All that. He kind of he just attacked him for no reason. And so now you're not playing with. Sound like Coach 30 on the mic over there. Exactly. Sound like Coach 30. Uh, and you're injured, man. And so it's just it's just not a good look. So I know you're trying to get a contract, and I get, like, the, the want to, the desire. You know what I mean? The desire is there. But, man, at, at this point, it's just looking like your body's just not able to. And Yeah. Hey, we going to see, but the Monday night game, final game of the week, we got the Seahawks going to play the football team. Kind of a lackluster, you know, Monday yeah. night game. Seahawks. Yeah, I'm, I'm especially no Chase Young. Yeah. I mean, that's their most athletic guy to, you know, help contain Russell Wilson. And I think Russell Wilson's probably going to have a, a nice little bounce back game. Yeah. I, I, I don't see them posing much of a threat. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. Because you know the Seahawks offense, some reason just doesn't it's like not, to stall. Like it yeah. likes to stall. It doesn't like to you know progress. You know, mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see. But um, so yeah, we got a couple different picks. You no, know, not as many as I would have liked. But hey, I understand you, you got to start getting like me a little bit because I'm up four now. So you got to start thinking like me now. I got to. I picked first a lot this time though, and we doubled up on one. So you know you might have to watch out. You picked uh, who was? You picked uh, somebody over the lines. Um, the oh, I picked the Bears. You picked the Bears over the Lions. Yes, it's crazy. Yes, no faith in the Lions at all. Okay, I have none. We're gonna see. Hey, we will. 
But guess what? We Jared Goff's going to take us there. Hey. We're going to take y'all to some college football and some NBA talk. And don't forget who's how, who's not. After the break, we'll be back. Don't forget to follow us all on all our social platforms. Don't forget to follow me and Charles on Twitter. Follow me at Evan Schumar TV. At 3.thelast underscore king, man. All right, we'll see y'all in a minute. When you get some money, what you going to do with it? Put the money up, boy, at the full with it. Run the money up, get rich with your click, or fuck the money up, trick it off on the bitch. You should put the money up, go stack it. Double up, commas, and brackets. Grown man on Instagram capping. Hold the bands, but he not paying taxes. We'd like to welcome everybody back yeah, really here into the Break Room, the most interactive podcast out right now. Don't forget to holler at y'all, boys. We live on Facebook and on Instagram. Shout out to everybody for tuning in here tonight. Hey. Thanksgiving's tomorrow. Looking forward to eating some good food. I'm, I'm ready to catch the itis. I oh, yeah, it. bro. I ain't had that in a minute. Hey, I, 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 that, that Thanksgiving itis be hitting different. But I got yeah. two Thanksgivings to hit. I got, you know, mine with my family. We got a little lunch going on. Mm-hmm. And then me and my girl, we're going over to her family. You know, having a little dinner with them. So I'm planning on bringing home a lot of leftovers. I feel that. No, no. I, I definitely I, I need enough that. to at least feed me for, for the next, you know, two to three business days afterwards. I'm not going to lie, bro. Whenever I used to go back home to my folks' place, I'd be like a thief in the night right in that uh, refrigerator, bro. I'm bro, yes. pounds of meat. I'm yes. taking uh, bread. Uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I might take half. I forgot a milk, you know, like, yeah, it's coming back to me to my grill. You know, one of the funniest things I've like ever like seen, like speaking of like Thief in the Nights is like in, in college, like, you know, we're, we're broke as college mm. kids. You know, we, we ain't got much going for us. You know, we might work a little part-time job or something, you know, got to pay your rent. But after that, hey, you ain't got much bread. Yeah. Man, I have seen people steal loaves of bread from the, the calf. I've seen people steal toilet paper from bathrooms, same yeah. paper, paper towels. I've seen all this. Like, you know what? I respect it. Bro, there was there was a certain bathroom we used to take toilet paper from, no cap. Bro, when I went to CMU up in Missouri, shout out to all my boys up there. Um, yeah, they um they they, they used to they, they used to go hard uh, on the that toilet paper. Yeah, bro. Cause I, I there was like one or two bathrooms that had um the two ply, not the single ply. So they always used to raid that hoe. <laughs> bro, haven't bought a roll of toilet paper since Oh man! Well, yeah, never. Must Heaven. be must be Heaven. nice because yeah. I really just went to Costco not too long ago. Got the big ass thing, so I, I got hey, like thirty Costco, rolls. Costco good for that. Uh, yeah, they good yeah, for yeah, that. Sir, it is message message. Get y'all a Costco or a Sam's Club member or BJ's Warehouse wherever y'all living. Yep. Save y'all some money. Non sponsor. No, non sponsor. <laughs> we need them all. We need them all. Though. Hey, but um, looking at the NBA. I'm gonna take. Let's take a look at the Eastern Conference standings because things are starting to look a a little bit more normal. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are, you know, finally above 500. You know, they're 10 and eight. They're they're starting to work their way up. Celtics starting to you know hoop back as well. 76ers, you know, all those teams are 10 and eight. They're you know uh, seven, eight, and nine right now, respectively. Usually, you're used to seeing them at the top of the list where the Wizards and the Bulls have been, but you know. The Nets and the Heat started to heat up. Yeah. No, no pun intended there. Um, so you got the Nets at the first seed, Heat in the second, Bulls at the three, Wizards at four, Hornets five, Knicks six, and then, like I mentioned, the Bucks, Celtics rounding out seven and eight. So do you think there's going to be a new king in the East this year? Versus, okay, when we say new king. Versus the, the familiar faces that we're used to seeing. Okay, familiar faces. No, I need just a little bit more. As I know I'm seeing what the... The Nets are number one right now, and they they should be. Granted, they don't have Kyrie, but they they should still be there. James is still a t- top three, if not the best two guard in the NBA, and KD is a the best small forward, if not 
top three small forward in the league right now. So, you know, they 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 where they should be. The Bucks, I think you said the Bucks took out around. I can't pull it up my uh, my iPad right now. I can't see it. But you said the Bucks are they just slipped into the top. Yeah, so they're the seventh seed at ten and eight. They're six and four in the last ten. They're on a four game winning streak currently. Okay, the Bucks are. I, I feel like the Bucks have been like slightly overlooked. I mean, I know the ascension of the. Um, the Nets have shocked everybody and what they will be. I know, granted, they were injured a lot last year. And like, it's like they have big-name stars and everything, and they came together. And they should take some attention. But at the same time, the Bucks did win the East, and they won, um, and they they overcame a lot. Is what I'm saying. It's what I'm really what I'm trying to say. It wasn't that they were just so talented. Yes, they were, but they overcame a lot. You know what I mean? They weren't supposed. They weren't supposed to win the finals. No, they were not. People thought the Suns were supposed to win, and so they they overcame the entire a complete Suns team who were. They weren't even supposed to make it out of the East. Everybody weren't. thought that the Net, it was going to be the Nets. Yeah, easy, right? And yeah, yeah, so they made it, man. And so the Bucks. Granted, like they're not top three seed right now. Mm. Granted, it's still like only what like seventeen games instead the season right yeah, now. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen, and yeah. And so, um, new faces. I'm not really sure. Um, I, th- I still think the faces that are there are still going to be there. Um, the one, I guess, you know, you you can't see me right now, but I'm doing some air quotes. <laughs> um, <laughs> new face. Some of y'all can see what's going on. Yeah, some of y'all who, t- who tuned in live, man. The new faces, I guess, that might be there that are kind of going to surprise some people or that really don't surprise some people is Atlanta because they went way deeper than I thought they were going to be. Uh, I thought they were going to be out, bounced out first round. You know what I mean? And they hung in there almost until the conference championship. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a new fa- a new team. Well, but besides the Bulls. The Bulls in Atlanta who are going to be, I think they're going to be around to stay in the East. Mm. Hey, that's fair enough. I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, the mainstays of, you know, the Nets and the Bucks, I still feel like are going to be the favorites. But I think that the Bulls could be a sleeper team. And, um, you know, the I'm not, I'm not sold on the Wizards. Mm. Um, not gonna put them or the Hornets up in the you know elite conversation yet in the East. I think the Knicks are kind of getting towards it. You know they had a really productive offseason and everything, but I would still put them in like a whole tier below yeah. uh, the teams that I just previously mentioned. But yeah, I think that I agree with you. I think that the Nets and the Bucks are probably going to be the two uh, giants standing in the East. But you had mentioned the Suns, uh, and you know, like last year with the Bucks and like how you know the, that finals went and you know what you know the public perception of that was, and the public perception of the after the first like five games or so, the the, the Suns were one and three. They they just uh, this the first four games they came out bad. Everybody's like, oh. Here they come, you know, they're mm. going to have the, you know, the Blues after going to the uh, finals last year. You know, they thought, they, you know, they think they're just going to find their way in again. Mm. Well, they've responded to that with a 13-game winning streak. They are now currently second in the West. But the Warriors, man, 15-2. and two. I don't think anybody expected them to have that type of record at this point through through 17 games. There's, there's, there's no way that if somebody said that they would be 15-2, and two, I, I would be like, I don't believe you. There's and no way. For Jordan Poole to make the jump that he did. Bro, crazy jump. That that dude yeah, that dude I, is developing really, really nice. And Steph, I think I think Steph, we're gonna start having to put him in that um Chris Paul S conversation ooh, man. to where like that leadership yeah. and like, how he can help develop players is cru- crucial and crazy. But 
I think what the difference between Steph and CP is going to be is that Steph will stay in Golden State and do all these things while, you know, obviously uh, Chris Paul is bounced around from team to team. Yeah. And I never thought it'd be like that because it's just harder to see because, like you say, Steph has been with the Warriors since, you know, since he came into the league versus Chris Paul. You've seen him do it to every team he's touched. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just, but, but it's essentially the same thing. Like it's last essentially year they the same made the, thing. They made the, uh, the, the playoffs and stuff. It's like they didn't really have much going for him. Yeah. It's like Steph is going to have to start getting a little bit more respect on the leadership uh, side of things, uh, I believe, because you know everybody knows he can shoot. Mm-hmm. But you know you still got four other people that got to operate on the floor. Exactly, man. And not only him, Andrew Wiggins finally performing like a, a first pick. You know what I mean? Like, woo! About seven years too late for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But hey, he's doing it, man. And a while ago, I thought he was gonna be on the trading block. Still might be. Still might be. But at this point, it's looking like. Mm-mm. Maybe that might not even be the best move. You know what I mean? You only want to keep him because the way he's been balling for him now. So, yeah, man. Shout out, Kurt, shout out, Steph, man. And um, as far as the West goes, I don't know what's really going to take place. I don't. It's it's such in flux right now. I mean, it's, the, the the standings go as this. So you got Warriors, Suns, Jazz. Mavericks, Clippers, Trailblazers, Grizzlies, and the Nuggets at eight. The Nuggets, I feel like they're just getting off to a really, really slow start. But like, once Jamal Murray comes back, oh, man, I think yeah. there's gonna be no no questions. Mm. And Joker is uh, in his prime right now. Mm. Uh, he might be able to get better. And with Murray coming back, it's gonna make it a lot easier. It, it, that pick and roll game is going to be disgusting. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be damn near unstoppable because even if you know you stop uh, Jokic from rolling down all the way, and he still gets the ball, he gets the ball in the post. Even if he has no intention of scoring, he's a threat. Dish yeah, to the corner, exactly. He he has eyes of a point guard. Yeah, as a big man. Seven feet tall doing that, and you know his brothers out there, you know holding it down for everything else that goes on in yeah, his bro. life. <laughs> Sensational. And so, I mean, as far as the West, like you said, the Warriors are still. They were once already the golden standard. Now they're they're back to the golden standard. And you know like, what? You did say that you thought the Warriors were going to be a um, like top four ish seed around there, and I was like, mm-hmm. eh, I, I I did. Did not think that would be the case, but hey, so far they, you're looking right. They've beaten my expectations. I didn't think they're going to be rolling like this. I didn't ex- expect the ascension of Jordan Poole. I didn't expect the growth of Andrew Wiggins. Like I thought they were all going to be trading pieces. I thought they were going to be new guys. I thought Ben Simmons was probably going to be a part of the team by now. But uh, this, and then I thought when Clay came back, it was going to be a wrap. The, the, you know, the West was going to be sold up and it was going to be done. But granted, it's only like 17 games into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we're starting to get when we get to like that twenty game, twenty four ish game mark, then it's like okay, now we can start like kind of looking ahead. To yeah, there's like, a bigger body of work to evaluate. Yeah, way, yeah. because because the evaluation process is. I feel like a lot of people in this generation try to hop on things too quick. And one thing I want to get into while we're talking about these type of expectations and evaluating is like the college football playoffs is a prime example of this. People want to use like reasons he bias so much into it or they want to just stick with a name and they don't want to just actually evaluate and look to see what's truly there mm. so the top four came out for the new uh college football rankings and georgia still at number one you know 11 and 0 definitely deserve that ohio state now jumps alabama to move to the two spot bama falls to three and cincinnati finds their way into four now the first couple rankings everybody had a huge problem because cincinnati wasn't in there they were you know 
um, it was Oregon that was uh, placed in there, and then Ohio State was at four. But then now that Oregon's lost, it's like Cincinnati's undefeated team, but everybody wants to overlook them because of their name, because they're a group of five school. But the reason why they created this playoff to begin with was so that they give those schools a chance to actually make you know the national championship game. And I just feel like their evaluation process is off, but I feel like they finally got it right. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, shout out to you, bro, because. Uh, for those who don't know, like I like college ball. Don't get me wrong; it's cool to watch. Sometimes, like with the college playoff system, it's fun. But I have my own little conspiracy theories about it. It's really to keep money circulating throughout the Power Five conferences. That's just been my own like conspiracy about it. Because um, some of these schools, like yeah, even those TV deals, yeah, they yeah, make money off of that. They make huge money off of it. And so, even back when years ago, when U of H was rolling, back when Tom Herman was there, I feel like they should have been in it because uh, they had already shown they had beat Power Five schools who were, who were in the top four. That was early on in the season, but. Like UTSA, for example, like yep. to go to they're undefeated. They're undefeated. They're eleven and zero. They're at twenty two, and you got a three loss Wisconsin team at fourteen. You got a three loss A and M team at fifteen. You know you got NC State ranked at twenty, like below them. I just, I just feel like they continue to just disrespect the smaller guys, which is you know supposed to be, which is very hypocritical because this is the reason why they created what they did. Now. Me and you talked about this earlier. I like to bring this up here. I, I'm not sure if it's eight or twelve, but I think there needs to be an expansion in the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. What about you? No, I agree, man. Definitely to get also, so they can't ice out smaller schools. You know what I mean? And they can't, like I say, college is so much. College sports are just so centered around money and money for the programs. Therefore, they help the programs grow, get better players, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right? But I want them to expand the college playoffs. One, because like you say, you get more competition, you broaden your horizons, not just as like. For teams, but the viewer, you see more schools. Like you see what other schools are capable of. These big schools, and I'm not trying to sound like such a a, a go Rudy kind of guy, but um, Giants can be beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just gotta just, give them the opportunity. You gotta give them the opportunity. You don't see David beat Goliath if you never bring David to Goliath. You know what I mean? So that never happens. They don't even meet. I'm about, yeah, I'm about to go on my whole like, like little tirade about like you know, tell the people not giving uh, the small schools a chance, but. Yeah, so, no, I definitely think they need to expand. I don't know how they're going to do it just because I don't know how it would expand the schedule. You know, like I said, bowl games take a while to, uh, to finish up. Then the two weeks before the championship takes a while. You know, it, it was expanded so deep into the year. There's like, uh and I know these these players can get started. They can get paid off their likeness now, right? And so I don't know. I feel like there needs to be some kind of extra compensation in there. The deeper the schedule goes, because because you already have a lot of people that like are electing to forego their bowl games so they can just go ahead and get ready for the NFL draft. Exactly. And so give people more more reason to play. Exactly. And more, and more reason to come back. Yeah. More competition. Yeah. They can continue to make money, get their education. Yeah. This would always support that. And this would also expand into the USFL. It's something new that's coming up, man. And so the USFL is a spring league that's coming up. And granted, you've seen we've seen a diamond dozen spring leagues. Um, the XFL happened uh, was on right before the pandemic, but XFL is coming back as well. Oh, they're both coming back. I well, didn't even not not this year. The XFL is coming back next year because The Rock bought them out, so he wanted to take time to actually get everything properly set up. Yeah. And so the pandemic ruined XFL, like it did a lot of other companies, a lot of other businesses. Unfortunately, it just kind of happened. But these, those who don't know, if you've been living under a rock, the NFL is king in America. It just is. They own a day of the week. They own like two days of the week, Thursday and Sunday. If you want to throw Monday in there too, 
three days, Monday. You know what I mean? So the expansion, the expansion of the playoffs would also help not just you know, college and retain players, uh, also grow more money, which is kind of their bottom line. Um, but you give players a reason to come back. You can build up even more pipelines to all these other smaller uh, leagues like the XFL, the USFL, even the NFL. You build up more pipelines, and then you have a higher success rate for athletes, which I. I fully support. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For guys who love football, they get to keep playing football. You know what I mean? And getting paid for it. So, yeah, man. I mean, I can go over the whole like rant about that, but yeah. All right. So, hey, just just close it out uh, with uh, this little conversation. Do you think that if college football expanded to 12, 16, do you think that's too much? Well, what do you think the right number is? Because that's something I've been struggling with because I think eight is good. But then, like, for example, if I go look at this, you know, the eighth-ranked team is Baylor. Now, if we want to go all the way down to 12, in, in between there you get Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Oregon, and Michigan State. I feel like those are teams that could compete too. So I feel like, you, you know, you're getting a little bit more talent pool, but then if you go from, you know, eight to 12, that's another round. Mm-hmm. So, like you were saying earlier, it's going to continue to push the season further down the line. Yeah, um, I don't know. Is it that, six, eight, ten? It's it's tough just because, like I say, the, the schedule expands to um, such a, a deeper part of the year. Also, I think there needs to be further compensation for these games. The teams that make the playoffs start playing, paying these guys because one, they risk injury. If they get injured, they, they have to stay in school or try to. They might mess up their pro day, combine days, all this other stuff. Recency bias is a beast. It doesn't just work in people's favor; it also works to, to their detriment. So, um, that's such a major thing. I don't know. It's just hard to say. Like, I want to say eight. I want to say eight and keep it light. You know what I mean? Because, but also, I can see that. Also, I can see eight being. Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Mishandled in a way. You know what I mean? Dude, but it's four being mishandled right now. Four is kind so of being mishandled. Like you just you know? have more teams, but, you know, the same, you know, management. Yeah, it doesn't really change. Um, yeah, hey, it's, it's tough. Know, it's tough. Nobody has that answer yet, which is I don't think, which I think why it's like they're having a hard time, like, trying to expand the playoffs is because they, they haven't found the, the right number. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen like, eight and 12, like, are the two numbers I've seen the most. But I just feel like 12 might be, like, I feel like 12 is good as far as the competition, but then, like, the logistics of it and actually scheduling it out and everything I, might not be uh, the best. I say the FBS should take a page from the FCS uh, playoff and, cha- and championship. Um, the way they run theirs is pretty efficient. It's pretty, it's run pretty well. Um, the only um, thing about it is that the only difference between the um, FCS and FBS, the only thing you're, that really changes is the amount of money and the location. You know what I mean? They're flying uh, usually further across the country, and a lot more people are moving. That's that's really about it. You know what I mean? For the most part, um, I forgot uh, FCS. They run about what I think eight teams. They run eight teams. I could I can go with that. So. Granted, with the FBS, you're working with a lot more schools. It isn't just a certain amount. Yeah. So, um, but like you said, the, the money comes in and it's going to play a huge factor. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. So, Speaking of uh, FCS, FBS, shout out to Sam Houston. Yeah. We're, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're Bearcats over here. I am, you know, a 2020, you know, alum. Mm-hmm. The boy Charles about to become an alum. About to become an alum pretty soon. So, yeah, sir. One, one more little little semester and he, he's out of there. But, um, so yeah, congratulations to them. You know, we're, you know, dominating the FCS, moving up to the FBS. Hopefully, we, um, going to the Conference USA. So, we'll be joining like Liberty and, you know, who's the other team? New Mexico State joined as well. So, you know, there's going to be some fresh competition. But to close it out here, we got the, the best segment of the day. Who's hot and who's not? 
I'm going to start off by kind of, you know, with the who's hot, with what we were kind of talking about. I think spring football. Yeah. The USFL. Eight new teams. There's a lot of buzz about it. The USFL is owned by Fox Sports, who we've seen them completely, like, you know, yeah. change the dynamic of they're, they're actually competing with ESPN mm-hmm. in the ratings, and they're surpassing them in sometimes this stuff as well. So I feel like it's going to be ran properly. And, you know, there's eight teams. There's a northern and southern division. In the northern division, you got the Michigan Panthers, New Jersey Generals, Philadelphia Stars, and the Pittsburgh Maulers. In the southern division, you got the Birmingham Stallions, Houston Gamblers, New Orleans Breakers, and the Tampa Bay Bandits. There's a lot of buzz about it. A lot of people are excited. I think that, you know, the NFL has been been needing a developmental path not just you know in between college and the nfl the 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 g league you know used to be the d league you know that's got the rebrand that's worked very well i think you know once the nfl can perfect that it'll be it'll be amazing and yeah they don't even know what they're gonna be able to get out of it what was that one that was here like a couple years ago like two maybe three years ago actually football yeah uh, there was the AAF, the AAF, yeah, and the go. XFL. Yeah. I actually really liked that man, but then it that's what Trent Richardson, bro. He was looking real good. Yeah, yeah, he just, yeah, that dude. He was looking real good in the in the red zone. <laughs> yeah, then it just fell to pieces because of mishandling the money and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, this does run run well, man. Because like I say, football is king in America, and the NFL doesn't even know how much they can really get out of the um, a spring league. You know what I mean? You can see guys develop, and really. It would also make the preseason more exciting because you get guys who will move from the USFL and whenever the yeah. XFL comes back. They'll be fresh off their season going straight to training camp. Going straight into training camp. And so, and then you will see those those faces over there. And you're going to see, well, how do they translate to the NFL? You will see them in the preseason. Yeah, so, I can't wait for them to finally get like this going in if like this or the, in the XFL if they can stick. Before we know it, bro, you're going to look down 20 years down the line and be like, oh, there's like one or two Hall of Famers, you know, some all pro, pro bowlers that came out of there. I just hope that the XFL, XF, XFL right? Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, the XFL and the USFL can coexist. I just really hope oh, yeah, bro. So that, that works out. What, all right, so hear me out. I don't know if they thought about this. What if they did like the XFL champion plays the USFL champion too? That'd be... Hey. I, I would... Hey, you heard it here first. 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 I got a million dollar idea right here. Everybody yeah. at of uh, Colin Coward at you know Nick Wright at Shannon Sharp at Skip what, Bayless. What would they unite under? Because they would have to, right? We are not the NFL. No, yeah, no. We, yeah, we are not the NFL. Like, what is Bing? Because it's not Google. Not NFL. <laughs> not the yeah. NFL. We we do not have Roger Goodell running our league. Yeah. Yeah. No I, super villain. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, who, who you got for who's not? Man, for who's not? This is who I have. God dang it! I wrote it down. Hold on. You, you had several candidates. Who did you end up picking? Man, I think who I had. I had a, Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. I think I have to go with AP. You got Katie on there again. Katie on there with back the ashy back. ankles. Bro, okay. That, uh, the scales, bro. The no scales. brush. Um, I think I'll go with those two. I'm just going to go with those two. Adrian Peterson, if you don't know, if you haven't heard, um, our local Texas boy um, was recently cut from the Titans. Huh. You know, and kind of, in my opinion, it was wrongfully so. They just up and cut him out of nowhere. Uh, when really... He was he wasn't doing half bad for them. Like he was doing as well as you thought picking up somebody just off the street. You know yeah, what I mean? Especially for how old he is. Yeah. Like, what'd you really expect from him? Yeah, so for them to just cut him mid season and disrespectful. Kind of very disrespectful for somebody of his caliber. And then like when they're kinda of on their way to a possible title, which is like really got me. You know what I mean? Like 
It's like you bastards. Yeah, like it's, it's like when the Cavs traded D Rose. I was like, you, you, you know what you just, you know what did. you did, you, you know, know what you, you just cucked us. That's what you just did. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was yeah, man, it was kind of messed up. And then KD is, I don't know what can, what else can you say about burner account KD? You know what I mean? Like, um, like I said earlier, this, this dude, um, I, I put more into my my body and my you know health than he does. Seems like, yeah, bro. That the way he doesn't, you know, how do you not brush your hair? How how do you not put on lotion? Like, as a fellow, it's that bad, bro. That's that's like bro, a week's worth of lotion not being put on, bro. As a fellow black man, bro, I, I know what it's like with the melanin stuff, bro. Were you, what was, like I said, I talked about that thing in elementary where they do the, the twisting arm. Oh, yeah, thing. the Indian uh, rub burn. The Indian yeah. rub burn, bro. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how do you. See, look, look, I, I even not put on lotion. I, I ain't actually. Come on now. Yeah, bro. I don't, I don't know why he doesn't, he don't brush his hair. Like, if you go look at Katie's head next game he plays, man, it looks like the static when the TV doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, you can see his scalp. Yeah, you that, know, that so, bald spot is getting bad. It's getting bad, bro. It's getting bad, man. I think, you know, it's all the, the Twitter fingers, bro. It's, it's, yeah, that that, that yeah, yeah, so um, KD character he types a hair follicle falls out. KD because he played himself, and A and AP because he just they played him. Yeah, yeah. just down bad. His stock is down. Yeah, man. So man, that's gonna be all for this episode, man. Episode thirty three, thirty three, Yeah, man. So uh, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram. Man, y'all take it easy, man. Follow us on the Breakroom H O U on Twitter and the Breakroom.podcast on Instagram and the Breakroom Podcast One, one on fa- Face. Follow me at three dot last underscore king on Twitter and my boy Evan at Evan Schumar TV. That's S H U M A R D. Yeah, man, get his name right, man. So take it easy, man. That's it for this episode. Flow is vacant. She feeling anxious to be out where it's dangerous. Okay, the body change it, especially I bang it. Okay, Jamaica, Spain, Glitchy.